0: Chapter Twenty Nine of Regiment of Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Regiment of Women by Clemens Dane. Chapter Twenty Nine. A week later. Alwyn was sitting in a diminutive go-cart drawn by a large pony, and driven by a large lady with a wide smile and bulgy knees, with which, as the little cart jolted over the stony road, she unconsciously nudged Alwyn, imparting an air of sly familiarity to her pleasant formal talk. This, Alwyn supposed, was Alicia. She liked her, liked her fat, kind face, her comfortable rotundity, and her sweet voice. She liked her cool disregard of her own comical appearance, wedged in among portmanteau and Alwyn and a basket of market produce, with an old sun-hat tied bonnet fashion to shade her eyes, and her scarf ends fluttering madly as she thwacked and tugged at the iron-mouthed pony. She was more than middle-aged, a woman of flopping draperies and haphazard hookings and scatterbrained gray locks that had been a fringe in the days of fringes. She moved, as Alwyn noticed later, like a hurried cow, and tripped continually over her long skirts. Yet, in spite of her ramshackle exterior, she was not ridiculous. The good men and stray children they encountered greeted her with obvious respect. Alwyn, comparing the keen eyes and their cheerful crow's feet with the chin, firm enough in its cushion of fat, guessed her the ruling spirit of the Dean household— and wondered why she had not married a vicar. But Alicia, though Alwyn listened politely to her flow of talk and answered prettily when she must, did not long occupy her attention. She was in her own country again. She loved the country, woods, fields, hedges, and lanes, as she loved no city or sea-town of them all. London, Paris, Rome, Swiss mountains or Italian lakes— she would have given them all for Kent and Hampshire and the Sussex Weald. But Clare would never hear of a country holiday. Owen took deep breaths of the clean, kindly air and wondered to herself that she had taken the proposal of her holiday so dully. She had not realized that she was going into the country. She had not realized anything except that she was tired and that Elsbeth would not leave her alone. She had shrunk painfully from the idea of meeting strangers, from the exertion of accommodating herself to them. But this good air made one feel alive again. She stared over the pony's ears at the gay spring landscape. Those are the Dean Fields, said Alicia, following her glance. There are two Deans you know, Dean Village and Dean Fields. There's a couple of miles between them. We are in the hollow where the road dips at the foot of Witch Hill. Which hill? Alicia flourished her whip at the skyline. The fields were spread over the hillside in sections of chocolate and magenta and silver green, with here and again a party-colored patch where oats and dandelions, pimpernel and sky-blue flax, choked and strangled on an ash heap. From the slopes, which hill lifted a brow of blank white chalk, crowned and draped in woodland, lying against pillows of cloud, for all the world, like a hag a knees hunched and patchwork quilt drawn up to ragged eyebrows. Round her neck the road wound like a silver ribband, looped, dipped, disappeared for two unfenced miles to flash into view but a parrot's flight away and swerve with a steep little rush round a house with French windows thatched in yellow jessamine. Alwyn's eyes lit up. What a good name! who was she before she turned into that she stopped flushing alicia would think her stupid alicia laughed pleasantly do you like fairy tales you've come to the right place the countryside's full of them there's a fairy fort roman i suppose really and a haunted barn out beyond dean compton besides witch hill and the witch wood just behind our house there's a story of course I don't know it. You must ask Roger. He's always picking up stories. Roger? My nephew, Roger Lumsden. Hasn't Elspeth? Oh, yes, of course. He's away just now. Look, now you can see the house properly. Behind the hill? Alwyn had caught sight of a group of buildings crowning a secondary slope. No, no, that's the school, Dean Compton. A school? Alwyn screwed up her eyes to look at it. What a big place! "'Girls or boys?' "'Both.' "'Oh, a board school.' "'Alwyn's interest flagged. "'Scarcely!' Alicia laughed. "'Haven't you heard of Dean Compton? "'And you, a schoolmistress?' "'Alwyn was completely blank. "'The thin end of the co-educational wedge. "'It's unique, or was till a few years ago. "'There are several now, dotted about England. "'You ladies' seminaries should be trembling in your shoes.' boys and girls. What a mad idea. Yes, I believe, Claire, I believe I did hear something about it. It's all cranks and simple lifers and socialists, though, isn't it? You'd better come up one day and see. I'll take you. Why, do you know them? I teach there. You? Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alwyn strickenly. Alicia laughed. (laughs) I'm accustomed to it. "'Jean will be delighted with an ally she pretends to disapprove, "'but Roger and I are generally too much for her. "'Is he a master, then?' "'Good gracious, no. "'But he has a lot of friends at the school. "'He ought to be interested. "'It's his land, you know. "'His people lived there for generations, "'the Lumsdens of Dean Compton. "'The headmaster has the old school, "'but the house itself is new. "'All those buildings, you see. "'No, not those.' Alwyn's eyes were caught by a glitter of glass roofs. Those are Roger's houses. He's a gardener, you know. He lives for his bulbs and his manures. The tiny cart rocked as the pony bucketed down the dip of the road and whirled it through the gates and up the short drive. Alwyn clutched the inadequate rail. He will do it, said Alicia resignedly. He wants his tea. There's Jean. Mind the door. She pulled up the rocketing pony as the ridiculous little door burst open, and Alwyn and her baggage were precipitated onto the gravel. A little woman ran out from the porch. "'Are you hurt? It always does that. I'm always asking Alicia to tell Bryce to take it to be seen to. Alicia, I shall speak to Roger if you don't. My dear, I hope you haven't hurt yourself. That pretty frock—' "'But it will all brush off.' And how is Elspeth? And why didn't you bring her with you? Come in at once and have some tea. Alicia has driven round to the stables. It's Bryce's afternoon off. Jean was a prim little red-haired woman, some years younger than Alicia, with brisk ways and a clacking tongue. She had Alwyn in a chair, had given her tea, deplored her white looks, suggested three infallible remedies— recounted their effect on her own constitution and Alicia's and her nephew's, and, digressing easily, was beginning a detailed history of Roger's health, since, at the age of five or thereabouts, he had come under her care. Before, Alwyn had had time to realize more than that the room was very cheerful, Jean very talkative, and she herself very, very tired. She could not help being relieved when Alicia returned. Jean, with her neat dress and knowledgeable ways, and little air of apologizing for her slapdash elder, should, by all the rules, have been the more reliable of the cousins. Yet Alwyn turned instinctively to Alicia, and Alicia, spread upon a chair, fanning herself cyclonically with her enormous hat, did not fail her. Jean, the child's as white as a sheet. You can ask about Elspeth to morrow, and Roger will keep. Take her up to the room, Leave her to unpack and lie down in peace and quiet, and come back and give me my tea. Supper's at seven, Alwyn. Take my advice and have a good rest. There are plenty of books. Oh yes, I know all about your likes and dislikes. Elspeth's a talker, too, on paper. Jean, if you're not down in five minutes, I'll come and fetch you. Alwyn, half an hour later curled comfortably upon a sofa in front of a blazing fire with a lazy hour before her and a copperfield upon her knee, thought that Alicia was a perfect deer. And Jean? Jean pulling out the sofa, poking the fire, pattering about her like a too-intelligent terrier, Jean was a deer, too. They were a couple of comical deers, and the deers was Alwyn's name for them from that day on. End of chapter 29